Hi there, I'm James Zappachi and this is Coffee and a Case Note. And today, team, what we're going to speak about is the fact that the three of us are Novocastrian optometrists. And what we do is we operate our optometry business using a unit trust and uh, we three are directors of the trustee of that unit trust and the unit holders of that unit trust, there are three of them, and those unit holders, roughly speaking, although the units are not quite equal in proportion, but they're held, there are three reasonably sizable portions, each portion held by interests that represent one of the three of us. All right, so one of us does not take a particularly active role in the running of the business, and the other two of us do. They continue working away. But over time, our uh, inactive, and I'll use that term very, very loosely, uh, optometrist, becomes a little bit curious about the way that the two remaining optometrists are running the business. And there are a number of accounting entries that, uh, that our third director is not entirely satisfied with. Thank you very much. Forgive me. And our third director, pursuant to his power as a pointor in the unit trustee, appoints a replacement trustee. So do you remember how the original trustee of the unit trust was a company controlled by, or the directors of whom were the three of our optometrists, that trustee is gone, and the new trustee, appointed just by our disappointed uh, unit holder, our disappointed optometrist, is a company uh, controlled by him and his wife, not by either of these other two. So there's a bit of a power struggle between the two, but eventually this new unit trustee gets control of the bank accounts, gets control of the business, and starts running the business for the benefit of the unit holders. Now, as you can imagine, a bit of a dispute arises about these steps that have been taken. And um, there are a number of points to the dispute, but as we turn our attention to the litigation, there are two limbs that I think might assist us to have a think about today. Uh, the first challenge is the actual appointment of the new trustee is challenged. So was the appointment valid? And the second challenge um, is by uh, is on behalf of one of the unit holders to attempt to get a liquidator appointed to the assets of the trust to become the owner of them, to sell the business and to pay out dividends on account of liquidating the assets of the trust, right? So the two things before the court are, was the new trustee validly appointed and can we appoint someone to, in essence, wind up the trust? Point one, valid appointment. Was it valid? Yes, in short. Um, some trust deeds prevent an appointor from appointing her or himself as the new trustee. That's not quite the issue here because remember, it's not actually our disappointed optometrist appointing himself. It's our disappointed optometrist appointing a company, a genuinely separate legal entity to become the new trustee. And uh, that appointment of a separate legal entity leaving aside the issue of whether appointors can appoint themselves for another time, uh, is a completely separate legal personality. So 
on that separate legal personality point, that's fine. Uh, the deed requires the appointment to be made in writing. Now there's an email sent by our disappointed optometrist that refers to something else being sent by registered post that we can't quite find. And um, one of our other boring optometrist uh, spouses accepts that that was found, but the court's not quite satisfied that it was sent. But in any case, uh, the court finds that there was written notice um, of the appointment of the new trustee, meaning that was the appointment valid? Yes, because you can't appoint a party like that. Separate legal personality point I referred to before, and it was in writing in a way that the court was satisfied about. So the next question is, can we appoint someone independent to become uh, the owner of all the assets of the trust, to take them in, to sell them, particularly the business, and then to distribute dividends to the unit holders? Um, it's short no. <laughs> um, what the court said was that the court's real job is to maintain trusts rather than wind them up, and that a sort of just an equitable kind of wind-up approach to trusts there wasn't an obvious power for the court to do that. What a court would normally do is in an administration suit, um, if there were administration proceedings, the court would require the trustee to do certain things, but it would not replace the trustee. Or alternatively, if something urgent had to happen, a uh, replacement trustee or uh, an administrator might be appointed in respect of the trust in order to do those things urgently. That makes sense but there was no real power for a sort of winding up of the trust of the kind sought. And I should say, just in fairness, the actual winding up relief wasn't sought, but the appointment of a receiver was sought. So what I should have said just then is um, that the court did not order the appointment of a receiver to get those assets, sell them, distribute dividends. There are a couple of other issues there about um, whether salary sacrifices were reasonable uh, and whether our disappointed optometrist should be able to claw back uh, some of those payments. We'll leave those aside for another day, but what I'd love it if you guys were able to take from today's discussion is um, the valid appointment, that entity with a separate legal personality, and as well, the absence of a power to appoint a receiver uh, in relation to these specific facts for in essence, but not using this term, a wind up of the trust. Hope that assisted you today and I look forward to joining you again soon for another coffee and another case note. Cheers.